We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Before we start today's show, I want to let you know about our friends over at the FFPC. The FFPC are long-term partners here with Rotoviz Radio. And of course, the season is not over and they want you to know that. They do have the longest running and most unique playoff contest in fantasy football. That is the FFPC Playoff Challenge. It's $200 to enter and this year's grand prize is up to a giant half a million dollars with over $1.1 million in that total prize pool. With no salary cap and no draft to worry about, simply choose 10 players to make up your team's roster but there is one catch you're only allowed to use one player from each nfl team that means if you choose tom brady as your quarterback you may have no other patriots on your roster this will be your roster for the duration of the entire playoffs including the super bowl there will not be any changes substitutions free agent pickups once your rosters are locked as nfl teams get knocked out so will your players so choose that team wisely the contest will sell out as it does every year registrations will close on nfl wildcard saturday january 4th at 4 30 p.m eastern don't wait go to myffpc.com and get your team now that's myffpc.com Mahomes has the time delivers perfectly downfield touchdown Patrick Mahomes with a rope this one out touchdown this time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello and welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by the FFPC and my bookie. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Sean Siegel. Sean, this was the weekend we play all season long for. It's the one that we want to get you that championship round and take home that championship prize. Uh, I mentioned on last week's show that uh, the two most important players to my rosters were going to be DJ Moore and Will Fuller. Uh, unfortunately for DJ Moore, he suffered a concussion early in that one. And unfortunately for Will Fuller, he's out for a couple of weeks with a groin injury. So I guess uh, that leaves the listeners all all that they need to know about how my fantasy championship weekend went. But we'll be talking a little bit later in the show. Uh, quite a good DFS week for me. Uh, and we'll be talking about that a little bit later in the show. But Sean, I'm hoping that your week uh, here in the championship round went a little bit more successful than mine's did. Yeah, Sunday was absolutely crazy. It's too bad because Fuller and Moore are definitely a couple of Rotoviz favorites, and they were on my hyperactive team that was in the Super Bowl, uh, having taken down the hyper division, trying to defeat active. Unless Mike Boone scores zero points tonight, I have less than a point lead. I will lose that Super Bowl with both of those guys going down. But nothing to complain about. This was a crazy weekend. And for any Saquon Barkley owners who somehow made it to the championship round, uh, despite his struggles this season, they got a huge game there. 
And then one of our favorites, Tyler Boyd, with the fourth down score late to get his second touchdown, force overtime, get a few more points there. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be playing both of those players in the Kitchen Cinco Super Bowl against the three other elite teams, all of which won their conferences. And it was it was interesting because there actually was another Saquon Barkley owner in that championship. But that one looks like it's going to turn out pretty favorably. So, you know, some good, some bad. Uh, A.J. Brown scoring again for me in the Rotoviz Dynasty League Championship. And then this was the week where my double dip uh, moving up in the new startup draft, the reboot startup this year to land both of the Saints, Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. Uh, having a, a huge weekend and, and michael thomas having one of the all-time great seasons we've ever seen in nfl history yeah and we're gonna be talking about all those things that sean's kind of touched on there as we go through the show i, I mentioned to sean before we started recording although my teams didn't go all that great and season long and dynasty leagues this week i thought this was one of the more fun weeks of the season to watch and of course we'll be talking about some of the reasons for that but just some some crazy things happening sean touched on tyler boyd there the end of that uh game in, in miami was absolutely insane and that's a big part of that dfs segment that we're going to have uh, of mine later on in the show so we'll save that for then but before we get into today's show i want to let the listeners know of course about the podcast subscription discount you can get as a loyal podcast listener that is to a rotoviz nfl pass and you can get that right now with a 10 percent off discount available through the rotoviz nfl podcast homepage that is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast if the season is over and if you won your league get that advantage get ahead of the competition if you didn't win that league get that kickstart to make sure that you're in that position next year and you can do that now to get access to all the amazing tools and content and of course as well help support the podcast network once again that is a 10 percent discount get yourself that christmas present rotaviz.com forward slash podcast so Sean, I forgot to mention it in the intro part there. We are recording this a day earlier than normal. So you mentioned there, you kind of hinted at it, that you have a couple of teams awaiting the Monday night football results uh, to see how things shake out there for you know definitive answers and how those championship titles uh, finish up. So recording this one on Monday, um, and that there is why some of the talk that we have today will be related to possible uh, not confirmed scenarios in some championship rounds and the other thing we won't obviously be talking about uh, either the Vikings or the Packers in terms of how those players may have finalized things here for us in week 16 but Sean the first thing that we're going to talk about this week is the running back action you hinted there on Saquon Barkley monster monster day for Saquon uh, you know we, we talked about it throughout the season um, you know kind of from that high ankle sprain uh, and then the situation moving forward that he just didn't lock himself didn't have that explosiveness we've seen over the last two weeks that he looks to have kind of got back to some semblance of close to full health and has had back-to-back big weeks and this week putting up 43.9 points uh, against the Washington Redskins in a game that went to overtime could have actually been uh, potentially even bigger um, as they as they ran him on the goal line there in overtime to try and punch one in but uh, he had uh, his best games and we, we talked I think it was last Last week about the situation with uh, David Johnson up in Arizona and you know Saquon Barkley who <laughs> was looking a little bit like a, a version of David Johnson there for a couple of weeks where he was not clearly wasn't healthy and it's, it's fantastic to see him back to full health these last two weeks have been really really good to see but Barkley with a, a monster performance this week against the Redskins the other players at the top of the, the board and I'll give you, get your thoughts in a moment Sean but Devontae Freeman having a big game for the Falcons somebody who um, you know has had a down season uh, people probably thought that it would have been a little bit bigger uh, based on you know Tevin Coleman being out of town and all that there but it just it never really works out for what we really truly want to happen for Freeman but he had a big game with a, a lot of receptions this week Kenyon Drake probably that player who we talk about every year who can become that you know fantasy championship winning player that nobody sees coming Kenyon Drake I think has has clearly won that title I think we could call it the the Tim Hightower award uh, who comes in there in those last couple of weeks to help win a championship uh, and then obviously Christian McCaffrey but the, the the list like in terms of Alvin Kamara's next up seeing him have his touchdown this week that kind of uh, I think it was 44 yard rushing touchdown we kind of seen the the zip and explosiveness from him on that play as well which had been missing the you know we've been talking about touchdown regression in a positive manner for him uh, and f- finally he gets into the end zone Miles Sanders who has looked like one of the best running backs in the league over the last kind of three weeks um, and, and then there's a lot of guys behind that that had big weeks who we'll touch on in a moment but out of those guys Sean that I mentioned there um, so far 
like all of those guys hitting above 25 fantasy points this week a big week for running backs in terms of overall points scored um what was your takeaway in terms of some of those is there any that you want to talk about in particular well Barkley obviously is the headliner and I think this game probably eliminates any dreams that people had that they might be able to go in and steal him for a little bit <laughs> less than full value certainly with the exciting rookie class we have coming in and uh, the desire or the enthusiasm people always have the pull to get those guys you know potentially if you had some very early picks in this next draft and and wanted to bundle those maybe with a pick in a future year another uh, young stud who uh, might have a little bit more risk to him we'll talk about some wide receivers emerging at the end of the show you might have been able to swing the deal now after seeing this game which is much more what we expected from him not that you're going to score 44 points every week that's obviously not realistic but much more like a big back version of what McCaffrey has done now that we've seen this we're, we're sort of back to where we were almost starting the season i think with barkley now you you understand based on his season what the risks are a little bit more i think that sometimes having a running back a, a clear star have a season like this that isn't clearly spectacular or clearly awful this isn't a situation like with Le'Veon bell or melvin gordon or david johnson where these guys have really been crushed in terms of their fantasy value this is more of a middle of the road type of season that reminds us that even these great players can go either way and can have some risk week to week however my question to you does this big game now pretty well lock him back in as the number two pick for 2020 yeah when you were when you were coming talking about barclay and you know the the value i was kind of thinking you know my kind of doing a a mock draft in my head and trying to see where that would put him and you you probably would have had him in that tier you know with with guys like you know zeke with kamara and i think this clearly puts him back to that second running back off the board so in terms of depending on how drafts are going to look to shake out you know I, I would imagine that it's probably going to go with Christian McCaffrey number one and then you're likely going to be looking at Barkley number two maybe maybe you know with how PPR has gone this year guys like Michael Thomas has had such significant value in terms of the receptions he's had maybe he starts to pop up in that kind of place around about the second pick third pick so maybe a, a wide receiver goes in front of him but I think that performance yesterday clearly puts him as the the, the running back to uh, and pretty much all formats heading into next season do you think anyone can you know push him for that or do you think it is christian mccaffrey then barkley then as uh, kind of the the order that we had some of those guys like zeke uh you know going into this season do you think it's going to be kind of a shakedown like that i think it'll be barkley but that does bring me into my next question which is that alvin Kamara finally found the end zone uh, scored a couple of times looked a little bit more like himself obviously has a ton of individual game upside in this offense and probably still has a little bit of that Christian McCaffrey-esque upside, not to the receiving level that we've seen with McCaffrey this year. That really is very, very much limited to his particular profile and someone at his level. I mean, he's doing for running backs what Michael Thomas is doing for wide receivers. It's really this singular type of performance But we don't have to look that long ago to find a time when Kamara was clearly more valuable than McCaffrey. And nothing has really happened with him that should move us significantly down from that impression. It's simply that McCaffrey has jumped to this new level. So with that being the case, do you like Kamara over his record-setting teammate? You mentioned that we could have a wide receiver back up in that top five. If anyone would do it, Michael Thomas, I think very clearly should be there do you have a preference between the saints at the top of drafts for next year i think i would if it was me personally i think i would have to go for michael thomas over kamara if it was like you know if you were looking for that kind of if you were looking in that top five range um i would have no arguments against it either way but um i think you have a more consistent option and what we've seen this year and thomas uh kamara is certainly the more explosive option but i think the saints have kind of tried to be both he has been injured and they have tried to manage his workload with uh, Latavius Murray there this year. So I think I would be going for the wide receiver 
um, rather than uh, going for Kamara at the running back position. You mentioned Christian McCaffrey, and obviously we've talked about him no uh, on no end all season long. But Christian McCaffrey, we'll be talking about Michael Thomas's record later in the show. Christian McCaffrey set the NFL. Uh, <laughs> reception record for running backs this week um, he's broke it by two so far on 109 and obviously is a week to go that is of course the record that he set last season so <laughs> let's see what happens back to back record setting pass catching seasons uh, from uh, Christian McCaffrey uh, Sean do you do you have the instinct to you know take Kamara over Thomas if that option presented itself come next season I just couldn't see myself pulling the trigger on that one I, we talked a lot this season, and one of the things we'll get to at sort of the very end of the show, things we would do differently uh, to, if we were to have this season again. And we talked a lot about how well the single elite running back sets you up. So obviously listeners know how strongly I feel about zero running back. Definitely believe you can start that way. Definitely believe that there were lineups that worked for that in 2019, and that in all likelihood there will be even better lineups for that in 2020. I do think that the single elite running back start where you try and nab one of these top guys, because one of the things that we're looking at here is that Christian McCaffrey has had this unreal season, this historic season. That's not guaranteed to happen again, because all that has to happen for him to lose so much of what he is would be to have an ankle injury, have uh, heaven forbid, a little bit of a knee injury, something like that. Even if he plays, Right, you could see what we saw from Kamara, what we saw from Barkley this year, which is still elite scoring, but not quite the volume. Because once your star running back is hurt, you're not going to try and give him quite that level of touches, and then perhaps not the explosiveness as you talked about with Barkley in some of those games there. And so, when you're trying to draft at the top in 2020, and you have a top five pick, then there's definitely some value to spreading your shares out across some of those guys so you have that ticket with whomever the star is for next year so looking at it from that perspective i certainly think that there are some good arguments for camara but at this point michael thomas has established himself to where if he were the number one overall pick again because you can make that argument with mccaffrey if you wanted to take thomas number one overall you wanted to build out that zero running back lineup i don't think that that would be a mistake so like both of those guys there i do think that there's still an argument from camara but you know you're not you're not going to go wrong with either of those players another guy we really liked for this season had a big game you mentioned him miles sanders before this season i wrote on the site and we talked about on the podcast that he could be this year's nick chubb someone who starts behind uh, the veteran, the early down grinder, and then as the season moves along, emerges, becomes the star. Last year, we saw with Hyde getting traded to open up that opportunity. This year, Jordan Howard gets injured to open up that opportunity. Miles Sanders has looked absolutely fantastic. Taking it in a little bit of a different direction, again, this forward-looking direction, we now have, I think, three potential stars from this running back class in Miles Sanders, Devin Singletary, and Josh Jacobs. Who do you like the most for Dynasty? Well, Sanders has obviously put a huge case forward over the last couple of weeks, um, you know, in terms of what he's been able to do with that full workload, both in the receiving game and in the, the uh, running game. Um, you know, he's had at least um, 15 carries over the last four weeks and he's had at least four receptions in those uh games so there's a huge a huge uptick there in both of those so very impressed by him but if you look at it over the season sean and you know i've mentioned this player quite a number of times that i just wanted him to get the work ahead of frank gore and that's devin singletary and i think i would have them ranked in terms of moving into next season singletary then sanders then jacobs and i, I know a lot of people will have them in, in different orders and that but i think sanders is probably you know going to based on the offense he's in he's getting more work in the passing game i think singletary has shown that he's able to do that and um, i think when you look at it over the entire season it's pretty close with them both you know in terms of their overall workload uh singletary has played three less games has got 19 less carries because of that but in terms of having 19 less carries on the season he actually has uh, i'm just looking at it here now he has nine more rushing yards on the season and um, so they're both pretty pretty comparable across the board then it is in the receiving game where we've seen a, a, lo- a larger workload for um, sanders and of course we talked earlier in the off season this year about the the value of having those pass catching running backs so it's going to be interesting to see how those offenses 
develop as we head into next season the, the pass catching upside that Sanders has uh, is where I have you know a little bit of an edge to him but I I, I do I do them watching them on a week-to-week basis I, I've loved watching Singletary develop uh, this season I do think as well Sanders has had a little bit easier of a, a schedule in terms of who he's had those performances against so I, I would be going with Singletary then Sanders then Jacobs how have you them shaked up and I know we did talk about it a couple of weeks ago not, maybe two weeks ago and it's, it's probably changed dramatically since since that time uh, the one I will mention here is um, at, at one point this season we had a debate over Sanders versus David Montgomery and I took the David Montgomery side so I think that debate is, is well and truly dead and uh, I, I can well and truly say you, you got the right side of that debate <laughs> there's always a chance that Montgomery could come back around but certainly these three guys <laughs> right now I think you have to like Sanders in terms of that size athleticism profile he has the edge on Singletary there and when you look at what he can do in the receiving game combine that with his ability as a runner but then also as a receiver to break off those big plays that's what you're really looking for in a running back someone where you're going to get those receptions you're going to get the touchdowns you're going to get the big plays because the big plays lead to more touches than in the future when you have guys who are more grinded out style players you're really relying on the coach to continually put his offense in a bad situation by you know using the plotter right using the grinder even some of the guys who break a lot of tackles if they can't then turn around and break the big play because they simply don't have the long speed then you're again you're relying on the coach to go back to his coordinator and say let's keep running it into the line now we do see that happen sometimes and occasionally you'll have players who break out years down the line and are fantastic for their teams for their dynasty teams their fantasy teams and their reality teams And so it's not that those things don't happen, but when you look at these three guys, Sanders has the clear edge in terms of the explosiveness of his athletic profile. Then at number two, I think you have to take Singletary, who both in college and at the professional level has demonstrated that explosiveness on the field. And you mentioned that he's been catching some passes. There are still some real concerns about the Buffalo offense and if they will uh, use that dump off to the running back consistently long-term with the profile of their quarterback that raises some red flags but he's been absolutely fantastic you wouldn't turn down either one of those guys for dynasty jacobs you wouldn't turn down either but i think that he is at least at this time a little bit a lower level where he more athletic than montgomery less athletic than sanders not necessarily that big play threat but with the volume you'll take that any day as someone on your roster but until he starts getting the receiving volume that we can somewhat comfortably project for these other two guys, I think he takes a backseat to them for now. Uh, certainly with that overall workload, with his draft ped- pedigree, you know, with the, what the Raiders do seem like they're moving toward long term, you know, I don't think it would surprise if he ends up on top, but he would definitely be my third guy from that list. Another question I think to look at for next season, this one may be a little bit less serious. Melvin Gordon looked more like his old self on sunday unfortunately stole those uh, key touches from austin eckler for all of us eckler fans would melvin gordon assuming that he does end up with the breakup from the chargers that has seemed somewhat inevitable ever since the failed holdout would he look good in a chiefs uniform next year he certainly would look good in a chiefs uniform but you know who would look even better in a chiefs uniform and that's Austin Eckler. If we could get him over there to Kansas City instead, um, that would be that would be a kind of a dream situation. But I think if if the opportunity came up for the Chiefs to get somebody like Gordon, um, you know, I, I think it'll be something that they would they would really jump at. It'll be interesting to see. I think they'll probably go the route of uh, taking somebody in in the, the draft um, and seeing what happens there. But there's no doubt if they let's say the Chiefs get to the NFC Championship game this year and don't make it over the line, you could see them trying to get those free agents in to really try and make the jump to, to push themselves into the Super Bowl. Um, so l- let's see how the end of the season plays out there. But I-, I think Gordon would be a good fit because obviously we know he can catch the ball and rush the ball. He would kind of be what they had in Kareem Hunt and trying to do the, the same sort of situation there. They have just That's one of the disappointments of the season that the Chiefs just didn't get that running back where it was a, a week-to-week starter because that position seemed in the offseason like whoever would get that would have so much value but it just never worked out um, all season long but you know that would be it'd be an interesting one to see play out Sean when we're doing our fantasy scenarios I think if we could get Melvin Gordon in that Chiefs uniform it would certainly be looking to push him into the back end of that first round conversation next year if that was to happen um, a player you've mentioned here as well Sean that's Ronald Jones um, obviously a big favorite of ours coming into the season 
season. And I think there's there's no way to say other than he has bounced back from what was a disastrous rookie campaign. Um, you know, in terms of if he can put up some uh, decent fantasy points in week 17, do you think he's got himself, uh, you know, the starting job heading into 2020? Or do you think it's a case where they, they could look to the draft to, to reestablish that running back spot? It's He's a player who, when he has those impressive plays, they look so impressive, but then he'll have those plays that just look so bad <laughs> from time to time. So I, I, I think that we're heading in the right direction, but can it become, uh, you know, really where we thought he could have been as a rookie i i put this question in with jones somewhat sarcastically because you mentioned the heat there's no argument that he hasn't bounced back at the same time there's no question that he's been again a disappointment uh you reference exactly the fantastic plays also the terrible plays and for me it's a little bit tricky especially when you look back to what he did at usc and you look at the athleticism that he has and how that still does separate him from a lot of guys who i think are in that same adp range for dynasty or that same tentative range for next year where they have a very wide range of outcomes his athleticism separates and yet there are all those plays where tampa is handing off there's so much penetration in the backfield Uh, you know how much of that is the running back's fault how much of it is the scheme and the team there for how well they score it's there's another team that it's frustrating that they don't generate really any running back value until you know he has the good game again in week 16 probably for most people on the bench if you're in a deep league uh and it needed some running some running back starter points you know probably looking at six or seven you were very excited to get what you got in the championship i'd like to see him have a huge week 17 and fight off i think serious competition for 2020 that way if he doesn't it's hard to imagine a scenario in which peyton barber isn't replaced by someone who is a little bit more of a realistic nfl starter or nfl committee mate and then that puts you in a very difficult situation again for next year certainly that's not what dynasty owners are looking for from a redraft perspective it puts him right back in that zero running back uh, category that conversation where if things break the right way he could be a league winner for you because he's not going to cost a lot Another zero running back guy for us, and I think possibly my biggest disappointment of the season, although watching the Ravens, it's understandable why the season has played out this way. But with Mark Ingram going down in the Ravens' victory, with them having the game well in hand, and perhaps just being at the point where they want to see a little bit what they have, we got finally some confirmation that Justice Hill does exist, is on an NFL team can find the end zone if the right play occurs does this little flash from him give you the confidence to try and buy low everywhere for 2020 or does this game here probably just hurt the bargain basement prices that you were hoping to get uh in off-season trades i don't think it really is affecting it too much so far what i think the issue could be is obviously mark ingram is um expected to miss this week obviously they don't need to play him so there's it makes complete sense for them to sit ingram uh, get him healthy for those playoff games so what you're likely to see is him get a, a much larger workload than we've been seeing you know we've seen the the most work he's got this season was in week 12 when he had eight carries he's kind of averaged in around that three carry per game range um and then this past week he had pretty much he, he in, in this game he had uh, three receptions he had so far four on the entire season so we could see him going into week 17 against pittsburgh we could see him get you know 10 to 15 carries we could see him get you know six to eight targets if he does play the whole game obviously gus edwards is there as well but i think it's week 17 that could be the one sean that that really stops us for the value heading into next year now i do still expect mark ingram to be the starting running back next year but i I think that you know when we're doing the zero rb lists uh heading into next season i think justice hill is somebody who um i think heading in this year we probably thought that it was going to take injuries to get him that opportunity i think we could see him next season start to get an opportunity uh, even without injuries so we'll see how he does in week 17 but i think week 17 is the one that's going to uh, really hurt that value because i expect him to put up uh, a kind of a, a decent set of numbers this week so before we get to the second half of the show i want to let you know about our friends over at my bookie obviously it is christmas week they have been doing the 12 days of christmas special if you have missed out on some of those days don't worry still a couple of days left to go over and check what they are giving away my bookie is already one of the most trusted and reputable sports books in the industry and of course as i mentioned this holiday season they are giving away gifts each and every day in the lead up to christmas and you can go over to my bookie 
Ag right now and see what the next giveaway is parlays teaser specials and anything you could ask for my bookie is here to make christmas great again head on over to mybookie.ag right now use the promo code rotaviz to get half of your initial deposit and free wagers that's just the start of the savings as i mentioned you still have two days to get in there get those offers but that their offer for the 50 percent sign up bonus will be running through the new year Head on over and sign up today. Again, that promo code is Rotoviz and start winning today. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. So, Sean, as we head into the third quarter, I mentioned earlier in the show um, that I did have a pretty successful week this week in DFS, but it could have been one of those weeks where it was a, a major, major week. And I, I touched on it earlier in the show that that game uh, that was a major part of my success in this one was uh, the 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 Bengals versus the Dolphins. Of course, we've seen another game where Ryan Fitzpatrick put up huge numbers. Uh, you know, you talked about earlier in the show players who have broken out after a number of years and. Uh, Devontae Parker has absolutely been smashing it over the last couple of weeks uh, he had another big week here 111 yards on, on five receptions and a TD and he just looks better and better each time we see him on the field and Ryan Fitzpatrick has has really had a chemistry with him all season long and um, we've seen a big day again for Tyler Boyd which obviously we love to see nine receptions 128 yards for him two receiving touchdowns and when we looked through my lineup I had Andy Dalton as a quarterback and I wrote a note here to say that this team could have ended up winning me a huge amount of money this week it, it won me a nice amount of money but it could have been you know a, a huge huge day but I couldn't really complain based on the fact that this team wasn't doing that good up until maybe about five minutes left in regulation when Andy Dalton and the Bengals started to uh, put up a huge uh, score and you mentioned obviously that Tyler Boyd helped uh, you with a couple of those lineups so just first of all when we talk about the, the players in this lineup Barkley was in it as well and we mentioned Devontae Freeman already but that game with the Bengals with with the Dolphins and then there was the when when the Bengals recovered the onside kick and then Dalton had the touchdown to Eifert that was one of the most enjoyable kind of 10 minute spells that I've seen in, in the NFL this season and pretty much nothing to play for other than the Bengals potentially throwing away the first overall pick in the draft so incredible entertainment for that for that short amount of time which uh, obviously led to a lot of fantasy points it really was this I talked about it with numerous people who said they'd never really seen anything like it. We get that fourth down score from Tyler Boyd when the game is basically done. Just 30 seconds to go. And then you get the onside kick recovery. Then you get the mini Hail Mary. Then you get the two-point conversion. That string of events, uh, incredibly unlikely. A lot of fun for Andy Dalton owners as he was involved in so many of those different plays uh, during the week. For that same league where Tyler Boyd came through for me, I was trying to decide between Dalton and Brady for my super flex position. Uh, You never want to bench your studs, but Tom Brady, uh, we talked about him in the intro with the exciting FFPC contest. He probably will not be in many of the FFPC playoff uh, contest as the quarterback (laughs) with the way that he has played so far went with Dalton and and it seemed like that was not going to be a play as you mentioned until about five minutes to go in the game then they really went after it there exciting to see Tyler Boyd look like himself it's been a frustrating season I think for everyone involved with Cincinnati Uh, at the time when they benched Dalton Blair had written an article talking about how Bengals were at the top or the bottom of the fantasy points over expectation leaderboard in terms of points below expectation it was almost all Bengals, and so one of the things that we certainly have seen over the last month and even just over this last week with the big game from barkley another player in your lineup there is just how much variation there can be even within a season joe mixon looked like someone who might even have to be replaced as the starting running back with the Bengals. he was that bad through the first half to two-thirds and clearly the offensive line the quarterback play not giving him any help but someone who didn't break any tackles couldn't break any long plays uh, was not involved in the passing game and then all of a sudden they've made some tweaks they've shifted a little bit what they want to do on offense certainly they rededicated themselves to the running game in part i think actually as a tank maneuver that didn't really backfire since they didn't win any games but made them more effective than perhaps they were planning to be and so as a Bengals fan 
as a fan of some of these individual players uh sunday really was one of those games that comes around once in a long long time and so to be able to to watch that and benefit it from it in a small way certainly was a lot of fun and, and since someone like andy dalton may be looking for a job next year it's nice to see him have that, that kind of game before that occurs although even with this kind of as you mentioned the Bengals did still lose so even after all of the miracles they couldn't come through and actually win the game uh perhaps handed off one too many times in overtime when they should have been attacking and letting those guys play letting boyd and ross pad those numbers a little bit more maybe get you uh into the top of of your gpp there but certainly anytime you go out and get that 228 point dfs lineup uh nothing to complain about yeah and it was one of those strange games too because uh the other player i had in that lineup was mike kosicki and you know he's been kind of a boom bust tight end but i think you know with the athleticism that he has and he was a player that we talked about a little bit in the offseason who could have that you know surprise value late in drafts but it hasn't really worked out for that but he's had some big big weeks and i think it'll be interesting as he heads into his third year next year and you know dalton is obviously on the way out um with the bengals team but this is a team that you could see with boyd with john ross who this was kind of his first main game back from his injury and looked pretty good in at 84 yards for him on six receptions you know i, I think this could be a real team you mentioned mixon who had looked like he had just like disappeared as it got to the mid-season point the the Bengals and I know we were higher on them this year than a lot of people and it didn't really work out for us I think that the the Bengals are a team that could really bounce back in a major way next season obviously going from the the first pick to you know close to a playoff place I would imagine like you know we could see them bounce back like that and this this Dolphins team for a team who you know traded away a lot of their assets there's a lot of pieces that could turn out with a couple of good draft picks could make this team very very interesting as well so um the two teams who really have wanted to lose for the last kind of six or seven weeks have had over the last two or three weeks have had some of the more entertaining fantasy matchups so that was interesting to see you mentioned Sean the total points in this one uh, landed at 228 uh, 6228.64 um looking through it now uh, my teams over the the course of the day there was a couple of other uh spots that you know i had other teams who went pretty well but not as well as this but the, the big one in this was dj moore was in the flex position and obviously i mentioned earlier it uh, did suffer that concussion uh, after his first reception so he ended up with one reception for one yard so 1.1 points there and the saints uh uh, defense and special teams ending up with six points I, th- I thought there was gonna be a chance for a big day against the titans but that didn't turn up when they were uh, then 14 points down pretty early but a big big win for the, the saints coming back but in those other lineups i did have the colts paired with marlon mack in a lot of those so the colts had a 30 point day with Hines uh, with those two uh, returns for touchdowns and, and marlon mack with 18 uh, points on his own day so it could have been a case where you know if all the stars had aligned and somehow they end up on the right roster but it's one of those again where i said can't uh, really think too much when uh, dalton and uh, the other guys there put up so many points towards the end but what i was kind of getting at with the the dolphins and the Bengals was was strange how when that game did get to overtime that both offenses couldn't really move the ball i think there was four punts in overtime so they were moving the ball freely all game long and it, it really slowed down then but um, a fun day all around and, and that was one of the more fun games of the season to watch but let's jump into the fourth quarter sean look a little bit more at the wide receivers of the week So looking at uh, the wide receivers, Sean, there's obviously a couple of guys here that stand out that we probably weren't expecting to have big games. Stephen Sims, uh, Jr. off the, the Washington Redskins being one of them. Deontay Johnson having a big game for the Steelers. Um, and Sterling Shepard, who you touched on it here, obviously concussions are a kind of concern for him. And you know, being a Packers fan, I've always worried in Dynasty about the long-term health of uh, Devontae Adams, who's obviously one of the best touchdown scorers in the league. But Sterling Shepard has had those concussions, but when he's healthy he has shown a lot of positive glimpses but there's only one person sean we can start with this particular week who has now broke the nfl wide receiver receptions record in a season it looked like it was gonna you know it's been talked about all season long because he's been on pace all season long but he's done it with a game to spare uh, and he also caught a touchdown to make it all happen so uh, amazing amazing overall performance from him this season and I guess uh, just a, a shout out to him for for starting off and breaking the record it's absolutely incredible if you pull up the screen here and you look at the best performances through week 16 in the last 20 years you see he actually has an 
reception gap on Marvin Harrison. And from that group, all of those top guys in terms of receptions, Harrison is the only one that he trails in fantasy points over that time period. Harrison getting a few more yards and two more touchdowns. But as you would expect from a list like this, it's just a who's who of the all-time greats. You have Harrison at 137, Julio Jones 127 uh, from a couple years back in 2015. Also that same year, the big zero running back year, we had Antonio Brown at 123. That was coming off of a season where he'd had 122 just the year before. Wes Welker during his Patriots heyday with 122 and than Michael Thomas from just last year. So in many ways doing the Christian McCaffrey double dip. And then I included him, the the next person on the list there, Calvin Johnson, uh, one of the two or three greatest receivers of all, all time, perhaps behind only Randy Moss there with a 117, but 200 more yards through week 16 than Michael Thomas has. Uh, still one of the all-time great, if not the greatest wide receiver seasons in history. When you're on that group, when you're on that list, and when you're at the top, what Michael Thomas has done and what he's done through the first four seasons, absolutely destroying uh, Jarvis Landry's record for the most receptions through four years, it, it's really a, a tribute to him and an astonishing way, I think, for Drew Brees to uh, more or less end his career as well to be part of this we saw breeze with all of the records last week thomas with the record this week uh, certainly sean payton deserving some credit as well an exciting team they play in the dome they don't always play as well out of it but these guys are really unparalleled in terms of what they're doing yeah and you mentioned there some of the other names and i guess you touched on julio but uh, I, julio has always been one of my favorite wide receivers ever to watch play just in terms of what he can do but he became the 27th player to reach twelve thousand yards this past week uh, the other 26 uh took a little bit uh, a little bit more time to get it done breaking that r- record set by uh, jerry rice um, and just just phenomenal in terms of what he's been been able to do um throughout his career um it, it's absolutely astonishing and i guess i, I always need to to shout out anytime who do it or something big but twelve thousand yards um so far for him and that career so on some of the other wide receivers um that you look at this week in terms of some of those guys i mentioned that maybe are going under the radar tajay sharp had um, his biggest game of probably of his career of his life um in terms of what he done this week um had five receptions for 69 yards two touchdowns pretty much on i would imagine on, on very few rosters hunter renfro has showed some positive signs this season at times and uh, he started the game with a big touchdown uh, you know after that there was a little bit of padding but not a huge amount extra added on but finished with seven for 107 and a touchdown sterling shepherd again um you know he he had a nice day down deshaun hamilton as well sneaking in there and um, so out of those guys who i think sterling shepherd's in a different class to the other list there that i've mentioned but out of the guys barring sterling shepherd who do you think could be somebody who's who's going to be interested in 2020? Well, these guys are interesting deep dynasty stashes, I think. Sharp is someone that John Moore loved back before his rookie season. And so we always have some definitely good feeling about those guys that John liked. Uh, he had that fantastic rookie training camp, right? And came out and was a huge part of the offense to start that season 11 targets in his very first game and then the titans sort of uh did to him the Corey davis before davis situation where obviously there wasn't the draft <laughs> expectation that davis has carried but both of these guys have been buried by coaching and quarterback play and so it's it's cool to see him stick around a little bit and perhaps now be someone maybe even more than davis who could be a breakout uh, in 2020 we talk a lot on the site about 50-year breakouts, the very specific types of profile that they have and how that really differs from those guys who break out in the first two or three seasons. Uh, Sharp might be someone who is interesting there. Uh, certainly, if you have him on a deep dynasty best ball roster, for example, uh, you're not going to be getting rid of him and maybe picking him up for that kind of thing. Hunter Renfro has had an interesting season. It's been really a tale of two halves for the first seven weeks. He averaged only 4.2 points per game, but that's jumped to 14.3 over the last six. And it's really a, a question of what might have been if he hadn't 
suffered those injuries. Now he's an underneath receiver, right? But he's a possession guy who's demonstrated great hands uh, over this hot stretch. He's caught 4.8 receptions on just six targets per game. So it's not like he's being peppered with Michael Thomas level targets. Uh, only six wide receivers in the NFL are averaging more yards after the catch than Renfro. Now he seems like a little bit of a low upside type of dynasty play, but certainly we've seen some of these types of receivers make some noise for teams like the Patriots. Uh, Cole Beasley has been on a little bit of a hot stretch here against the really elite defenses who've made more of a point to take john brown away so would you have any interest in one of these possession guys who's going to have to catch a lot of passes and going to have to you know really make his value after the catch to be a clear-cut weekly fantasy starter with with Renfro, it's really hard to you know to make a positive like in terms of in terms of any level of football i, I did see after this game that this was the first 100 yard game he's ever had at any well i don't know about high school level but in terms of his college career and then into the nfl so there is there is obviously a worry there in terms of you know long-term production but he could be one of those guys you know to move the chains on short short targets over the middle but building um you know a, a sustainable career then on that and t- turn it into fantasy production uh, could be very very hard and you mentioned kind of a tale of two parts of the season it's almost like when he started to have his performances and although this particular week uh, Terrell Williams did finish with 82 yards it's almost like it's a situation where he started to become one of the, the primary targets then um, for um, Derek Carr at quarterback so I think that Renfro could be somebody who becomes you know viable um but I think he's going to be kind of at max a wide receiver three slash four um and I think it's going to be very hard to you know sustain um his success throughout his season do you think he could be somebody who could take the next step I just think in terms of previous production um the concerns would be there you know moving forward yeah he's not going to be a primary uh, or a priority ad but if you can get him as a throw-in from another trade i think he's someone who would be interesting to fill out the back of your roster certainly somebody who might be possible to flip then later in another bigger trade uh, somebody i'll be i'll be looking at this offseason because he might be a grease the wheels type of player as you're working to get some other trades done so sean as we jump into overtime we're going to look a little bit back in time and if we could have that time machine and give ourselves one piece of advice that if we went back to let's say the first of august of this year uh, and how could we have a more successful uh, season you know in terms of season long in terms of whatever it might be mine would be if i could go back and I don't know if yours is the same, but there's a lot of teams of mine that went by the wayside with David Johnson uh, going around that kind of between fifth to eighth pick uh, in a lot of leagues. Um, and if I could went back and change that pick, I think my fantasy seasons could have ended a lot more successfully. Um, so David Johnson, unfortunately, has ended the season as he kind of went the whole way through pretty banged up and we mentioned Kenyon Drake earlier in the show he has gone on to be the one in that Arizona Cardinals backfield who was the league winner rather than uh, Mr. David Johnson um, so that would be my thing to change uh, would you be of a similar mindset or was there anything else that stood out for you certainly David Johnson is someone I wish I did not have on any rosters uh, however <laughs> in terms of, of looking back and giving advice that is not uh, injury related I certainly think that I would prefer to take even more of the second year breakout wide receiver types of players. Had a lot of those guys, obviously a lot of Cortland Sutton, he leads the way on my teams. And we talk all the time that if you want to be successful, your team needs to be loaded up with second year breakout wide receivers. I would love to have had even more of the lower profile guys certainly dj chark is someone we talked about in terms of our ffpc the big main event draft uh, back to start the year the one that curtis and i did and some of the other big main events there and how chark was one of our priority targets uh, in those late rounds that didn't work out in that specific draft and certainly you know if you move the target for him up even just a couple of rounds then you end up with him everywhere certainly there were some rookie wide receivers who have been very valuable at least in stretches in 2019 and so i think that you really want to go for these guys who can make a big move we talk all the time that you want to have your redraft team look much more like a rebuilding dynasty team than 
the way most people construct those lineups, construct those rosters. If you have that elite running back to start, or even if you go zero running back and give yourself a lot of those breakout running back chances in those middle rounds, you do want to come back through and make sure you have those breakout candidates all the way now you want to be very aware of cost and so i think that's something that goes both ways with the chart decision is that you don't want to start inflating where you're going to take all of these people to where you have rosters that are almost like they're missing a couple of players you moved everybody up several rounds to where you have the same type of roster as your competitors but just with missing a couple of middle round picks who could be very helpful at the same time you want to look draft by draft to see which ones of those second year breakout players you can get for a decent value in this particular draft and just hammer those hammer those hammer those throughout the draft and then as you move through the season you find that in the same way that a rebuilding dynasty team is going to see the value of their guys rise you're going to see that same thing in redraft we talk all the time that you want to construct your redraft team such that in the following season you have three or four first and second round pick types of guys you have seven or eight players who are going to be drafted in the first three rounds the next year so looking at some of those guys looking at some of the near misses i wish i had even more of those breakout wide receivers it was a great year for those guys and i think that what we're seeing with this rookie class that there are some of those guys are going to be very expensive but it's a deep class it's a class that didn't come in with quite as much fanfare and so you know you look at some of the running backs they were drafted behind if we were to do those rookie drafts again they would obviously move up you want to hit on some of those guys and even someone who has not had a good season someone like an andy isabella who could be the shark for next year obviously you're going to look for a good value on him but he's someone to really pepper into your lineups late yeah i think that's a good one dj chark you know you mentioned him guys like mark andrews down in baltimore there's a lot of those guys who if you could go back and pepper those across your rosters you would have a major advantage when we talked about the best ball win rates last week and then of course if you had that into your season long so it's always interesting to look back and it's it's always from looking back that then we learn as to what we can do heading into next season to improve that process so already looking forward to um seeing what these guys can do heading into next year and what our thoughts will be as we get ready for 2020 because once uh, i know a lot of people will start thinking about it once it gets to maybe may june time obviously once we get uh, past next week we'll start to, to look at those prospects from college uh, talking about those as we move forward here and get ready um, for 2020 and that's going to do it for this edition of Rotoviz Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. This one was brought to you by the FFPC and my bookie. As always, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Mr. Sean Siegel. We are heading into the holiday season. If you're listening to this before the holidays or slightly after it, I do hope you have a, a good holiday season. If you are traveling, stay safe. And of course, enjoy the coming week of NFL action. We'll be back next week with another show. And of course, until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.